1: Hey guys, welcome to Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I am your host, Mark. Dale Crover joins us today. You may remember him from one of his many bands, the Melvins, Altamont, Red Cross, or maybe the Dale Crover Band, who are releasing a new album called Rat-A-Tat-Tat. If you're not familiar with Dale's solo music, it's definitely a separate entity from the Melvins. Dale tells some great stories about Gene Simmons and Kiss, Meeting Buzz playing biker sleepover parties as a teen, and Greg Bissonette. He's also done a little acting. He's played both young and old Neil Young in the Harvest Moon video. There's a few great stories about that experience in here, too. A quick disclaimer, though. There was a not-so-unusual buffering issue when we recorded, so occasionally, Dale may sound like he's talking a little fast. That's the buffering. To follow Dale, at DR DRCrover, on social media, buy the album Rat-A-Tat-Tat. Follow us at Performance ANX. Buy us coffee at ko-fi.com/slash Performance Anxiety. And a huge thank you to AKG for this podcasting package, the great Lyra mic, and super comfortable headphones. And please enjoy Dale Crover on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network.
0: Sure. Okay. It's it's uh, I forgot the name of the podcast already. It's Performance uh, Anxiety. Performance, performance Anxiety. Okay. Hi. This is Dale Krover. I play in multiple bands, including Elvins, Red Cross, the Dale Krover Band, and others. And you are here with me on performance... Oh, shoot. I forgot. On, performance Anxiety Podcast. Krover! Can you edit that? Are you recording this just for the audio, or is it for the video as just, well? Just the audio. Yeah, okay. All right. Then doesn't matter what how I look. I'll take my clothes off. <laughs> yes!
1: That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> the first Dale Krover nude interview.
0: As far as you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. Okay, that's a good
1: point. All right. I can't make that claim anymore.
0: Well, most of the interviews I do are 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 aren't video calls, so <laughs>
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: well, I appreciate you connecting with me. This is a, this is fantastic. Um Oh yeah. I really appreciate you getting up and uh spending your morning with
0: me. Oh yeah. Co- uh, morning coffee with dale kroger <laughs>
1: now that could be a podcast <laughs> hey
0: yeah, good idea so,
1: why not you know everybody's got one during the pandemic so
0: yeah
1: <laughs> what i actually like to do is to find out how you got to where you're at in your career now so i'd like to find out a little bit about how you got into music in the first place was the household kind of a musical household or are you a black sheep in that yeah. respect
0: No, I mean, I had a couple of older brothers brothers that I lived with, and they both played music. They were, I guess by the time I came along, they're a little bit older than me, so they were in junior high school and playing in band and orchestra. Okay. Um, You know, but of course they loved the monkeys and the Beatles, and i got their hand-me-down first monkeys and first Beatles records oh man there you go Lo- they're, love they're, that all, first they're always listening to stuff you know yeah that record's great i love it it's uh i can it, still listen to it
1: yeah exactly Kind to buy me a dog is one of my favorite monkeys tracks ever
0: <laughs> do, do do speaking of which here we go right here oh hey, buy me a couple dogs
1: oh man he's awesome they're
0: lounging lounging around here
1: mine's uh so. mine's upstairs in in my room with my wife right now so he, he doesn't come down in uh Disturb this whole thing. Because anybody walks by the house, he goes nuts.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. Same same with these guys. We're constantly telling them to be be quiet, but <laughs> they're looking just look at this now.
1: Oh my mm. god.
0: <laughs> what this a, one's Frank and this one's Franny.
1: Frank and so, Franny.
0: Oh, that's awesome. What kind, of,
1: what kind of dogs are they?
0: Franny is uh fully a boxer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you can see she's got that, oh, that yeah. face. Yep. The and, and Frank is um, Frank is uh, well, he's uh, part Dachshund, part Chihuahua, oh, wow. part uh, Chow Chow, and uh, Staffordshire Pit. Oh so, wow! He's a uh, a Chinese Mexican <laughs> uh, uh, German American. So he's he's America yeah. in in a dog. Yeah. Yep. Fully, fully American dog. We got the, the DNA test for him because we were curious because he he looks like a rat terrier. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But but then he is long, so I think that's where the dachshund comes in.
1: Oh, that's really cool. I've, my dog. All right. My dog's <laughs> name is Hammond, and uh, he's half boxer, half Australian Shepherd.
0: Oh, wow. So he, that, he's. That sounds like a pretty
1: cool mix. He, yeah, he, he kind of looks like a mix of, of Franny and Frank, right? That he's, got, <laughs> he's got Frank's uh, snout, the longer snout. Oh, yeah. But more wow. of uh, Franny's body. And he's a uh, tricolor. So, so he's. Wow. But he's, he's so good with the kids. He's awesome. Yeah,
0: that's great. So, yeah, these two are good with kids, too.
1: Yeah. Okay, so did you start off with drums, or was there something else that, that really drew you into music?
0: Um. I mean, I kind of liked it, everything. Okay. Um, Well, I was talking about uh, my brothers being in the school band and my parents would take me and my mom told me that I liked liked the guy that stood up front doing this, you know, and I would stand up and try to do that too. (laughs) So, and say, I want to be the man, you know? So, I guess that's what I wanted to do first was be the man. Be the man. The be, guy in charge. The man in front directing. So, I kind of, now I'm kind of the man in back directing, I guess, because I start the songs.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Quiet, quiet. They're getting all perked up because they hear something now. Oh, no. No, no, no. Hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got a guitar when I was eight. Okay. My parents bought me a little acoustic guitar. And I took lessons at the, the local library, Aberdeen Public Library. And there was a guy that taught, I like free three lessons, I think, you know, like oh, a, yeah. a, a group lesson. Okay, yeah. And, uh, you know, I learned um, uh, my A minors and D7s D, D sevens and Gs and, you know, learned how to play. I think the first one was probably, Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh you know that one kumbaya and then a beatles song Oba B, Oba da, oh yeah isn't one of my favorite beatles songs anymore yeah <laughs> but at the time being able to play a beatles song was pretty cool that
1: yeah yeah being a beatles fan i can imagine
0: No offense, it's one of paul's whimsical songs you know what i mean so
1: yeah, yeah and those aren't my favorite either you know i like i don't know it sounds it sounds like it could have been a ringo song
0: yes yeah for sure he probably should have given it to
1: ringo <laughs> Ringo should have just taken credit I'm sure Paul would have given it to him <laughs> so all right so well
2: Paul,
0: well Paul always has to hog the, the spotlights
1: well yeah know. that's even even during the pandemic coming out with a new album
0: Gee. I know well yeah. Yeah, what a, what a jerk. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the Where first he played time. everything himself, too.
1: Exactly. This isn't the first time we've called Paul McCartney a jerk on this podcast. I'm sure he's oh, listening. Oh,
0: really? Oh, yeah. But, but damn, he's a great bass player.
1: Yeah. He really, I mean, maybe I think he's a jerk just because he does everything so well.
0: <laughs> I think that might be it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny because Jeff, Jeff Pincus just sent me a picture of uh, Paul. And it's like him. It looks like he's on a boat and he's got his shirt off and his his head is like he's got a ponytail in the front of his head. And um, uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff put this caption, woke up, got out of bed, can't get this image out of my head. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to
1: look at that photo now.
0: Yeah, I can send it to you.
1: <laughs> yes, because I gotta see that. Now I, I, I want that image in my head.
0: Yeah. So got a funny ponytail on my head.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so did you switch to drums early on, or were you a guitarist
0: for a while? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I played the acoustic guitar for a while, and then you know, got into Kiss. Nah. And and that was uh, that was definitely you know from from Beatles jumping to Kiss they were my Kiss you know okay uh, seeing them on the uh, and I know other people say this but but the first time I saw them was on the uh, Paul and Halloween special oh. and so that was kind of like my Ed Sullivan Beatles performance that was the Kiss on the that was what that was to me um, uh, man you no know, and I remember being like God these guys wow this is weird this is weird stuff you know what is this? oh yeah. And, and that was just about Paul yeah, Lynn. That wasn't even about Kiss. Yeah. Yeah. And then kids at school were bringing their records to school and we'd be able to play them at lunchtime. time. I it really got into them. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kiss, I remember this one girl brought uh, Ted Nugent Double out Gonzo. Oh. You got to be careful playing this one. We got to kind of skip the intros. <laughs> they hear If they hear uh, him cussing, you know, then we're not yeah. going to be able to play records <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that Kiss, you know, really got me into uh I guess I don't know wanting to play drums, wanting to play music for sure or you know, wanting to wanting to explore that more. And the neighbors had a drum set and I used to borrow it and kinda of bang around on it. Oh cool. and then this other neighbor friend of mine who was a little bit older, one day I saw him and he had long hair and, and uh He's like, yeah, man. I've got a Les Paul guitar and a Marshall halfback up. I'm like, no way. And went over to his place and, and uh, started hanging out with him a bit. He taught me to play songs on guitar. And, and then he, uh, I think he's the one that was like, you should get a drum set and then we can jam and we can play drums. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Why not? So I did. Yeah. <laughs> and we did a little bit. You know, uh, he was uh, he he was in uh, bands like local bands around Aberdeen, and I used to go and, and watch him practice. Okay. Uh, eventually, they turned into the band Metal Church. Oh, cool! So, I uh, remember that. Letters, uh, yeah, they had some records out on major labels and, yeah. and a little bit of success. You know?
1: Yeah, I had a couple uh, friends who were really into them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I used to go watch them practice in this old, this old uh, uh, abandoned school classroom. We had a oh, big wow! Classroom set up in there.
1: That's awesome. Is that when you started playing out in public more,
0: playing in bands and and gigging a little bit? Me, I. Uh, I mean, I was still pretty young, but I was starting to play with people when I was like 13. Oh wow! You know, I learned I learned drums just by well by watching and playing um, playing along to Kiss records. Yeah, and then and then eventually I got into like high school band and stuff like that. Um, okay, it was junior high junior high first? Yeah, uh, possibly even even grade school. Actually, you no. Know, I started out in fourth grade. You could be in orchestra, so I played cello. And then in fifth grade, you could be in band. And I really liked marching bands.
2: Yeah,
1: my and, kids are in
0: there. Um, and wanted to play sousaphone. I always thought that was a cool instrument. And so, but they didn't have a sousaphone. They uh, thought it'd be too big for me. So they, they started out on a baritone, learning tuba music. Okay. And then the next year, I switched to drums. Oh, sixth so great. I switched to drums.
1: Oh, man. That's that's okay. So my I've got a son kind of went the same route, but he's stuck with the tuba and the sousa.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd still like to have a sousaphone. I think that'd be cool. They're
1: not cheap, man. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> we bought a mouthpiece and that's all he's got. So he has to use the schools. Oh, wow. So,
0: yeah, oh, the, wow. The mouthpiece is 90 bucks. Don't they make, they're not like the like plastic, but, you know, see some of the marching ones that look like they're made out of like, a, I don't know, almost like PVC pipes or something.
1: Yeah, the white ones. Yeah, that's, that's what they've <laughs> yeah. got. Those are still not yeah. cheap. Man. Uh, once this podcast money starts to roll in, then maybe I'll. I'll uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> splurge and get him with Sousa of his own. He'll be buying. He'll be buying a Sousa phones. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. That's when I know I've made it.
0: So yeah, so yeah, so I was in school band, and um, there were, by the time I got to junior high, there was a ton of drummers in, in class. You know, I think yeah. usually most bands would have me two guys playing bass drum and snare drum, but there was like six to eight drummers. Wow! And uh, yeah. And so somehow it came up that the local junior college professor there was a jazz drummer and he offered to give, since there were so many drummers, he's like, well, this is really cool. You know, there's never that many drummers. Um, if if they're all interested, I'll give them all a lesson, like 50 cents a lesson. And oh, wow. and uh, so me and this other kid showed up, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> None of the other ones, you know, and, and we're talking like, you know, there was kids older than me, than me that were like first chair and, and thought they were hot shit and all yeah. that. And they didn't show up. Oh, of and course, then, so he was, he was, you know, he was kind of bummed, but he showed us some stuff. And, uh, the next weekend I'm the only one that shows up. He's
2: uh-huh. <laughs> like,
0: he's like, you know, I really thought this was going to work out better, but you know, and I, I mean, you know, cause it'd be more than one kid giving me 50 cents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but if you want to take private lessons, I'll give you private lessons. You know, it's going to, be a little bit more, so my parents were up for it. Oh, cool. So, of my rudiments and all that kind of stuff, and he knew I really liked rock and wanted to play rock drums, and got me the uh, Carmine Appice book, drum, rock drumming book. Oh, yeah. And it was pretty cool. Oh, man, the Apathy's are you great. I, mean? I love those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always see them. You know what the Nam show is? Yeah, yeah. i bit been the Nam show a lot. It's like this, well, for people that don't know, it's like this giant music company fest like, you know, all the, all the big guitar companies and, and uh, you know, Gibson, everybody's done with the booth. So it's like the world's biggest guitar center. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and you always see people there. And I always see either Carmine or Vinnie, Apice, oh. a piece. Yeah, a I PG, never know how how to want to say that. That. And um, I came up... Yeah, I don't think they do either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you pronounce it. Um, but uh, I made up, a, a, a after going, I made up a game that I can't leave until I see either one of the two brothers.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't remember which one of them. Got to keep walking around until you see them. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember which one of them was in the band Blue Murder, but you got to get them to do that uh, opening jump fill for uh, the Blue Murder album opener, think riot
0: it was probably uh i'm not sure i would i would guess carmine
1: maybe i don't they used to dress up like pirates I and i don't know i love that album in 89 so <laughs> <laughs>
0: right on <Yeah. laughs>
1: All right, so i know that before you joined melvin's you were playing in uh and uh what the way buzz described it to me was um an iron
0: maiden slash lover oh, boy iron maiden cover band yeah but he also threw in Loverboy. yeah we were the kid is hot tonight. Yeah. Know, we had to do the hits. <laughs> so, I mean, this this was this band that I joined when I was 14, and okay. they were neighboring kids from the next town over, and they uh, they were able to put to- together a band and go play high school dances and actually make some money. <laughs> yeah. <maybe. laughs> Back when schools, schools would actually pay for stuff like that. Wow. So, I don't know. We played... <sighs> handful of gigs one of the best gigs one of the scariest gigs we played was uh, somehow we got hooked up to go on way the fuck out in the middle of nowhere on this uh, river in Washington State oh god and playing like a biker party
2: whoa
0: (laughs) yeah 15 years old 16 16 year old kids going out an overnight biker party
2: oh my god
1: (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap.
0: Yeah, it was scary. I, yeah.
1: Holy shit, my pants is a 15-year-old doing that.
0: Yeah. You know, I don't remember much but, about it, except <laughs> I remember we had to learn how to play Born to be Wild. <laughs> like, oh, we better we better play that song. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's the biker anthem. You know, we played it a couple times. Right. But <laughs> So, I don't even know if we got paid on that one. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. <laughs> but but uh, So, yeah, that lasted, you know, maybe a year and a half or so. And, um, we had a problem with singers. Well, our first singer ended up joining the Navy. And so he was gone. And so we'll do it. Tried out another guy. We tried out another guy who actually used to be in the band before metal church. He was a singer with some of those guys. Oh, Okay. And he declined us. He declined us. Um, and then we ended up with this girl in the band for a little bit, but we, after that, it just kind of fell apart. Yeah. But, um, uh, oh, and then in between there was a guy who used to be in their band before I was playing with them. And, um, there was this opportunity to, uh, go and play for this Christmas show for the local radio station, KXRO. Okay. And, uh, um, the deal was, was it was the, uh, Elks Lodge Christmas special. And, uh, your variety show you could show up down there and sign up and play on the radio okay and uh, and so we learned one of the bands the previous band had some original song kind of some crappy ballad or whatever (laughs) 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 all right we'll we'll listen play it you know because i guess we're like well we should play some original material you know rather than a lover boy song
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or an Eddie, Eddie Money song or whatever yeah. and so we learn this song and we go down there and when we showed up there was this band playing already you know and we're like Woo! <laughs> 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 yeah I know I know I know <laughs> knock it off <laughs> no 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 uh Frank.
1: Your video froze no. for a second and I thought that was oh. you.
0: Oh, did it? Oh.
1: I can still hear Barking. you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were describing this yeah. the band that was on before you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's kind of what they sounded like. <laughs> uh you know, and we thought we knew I mean there wasn't that many bands around there and we thought we knew who everybody was and we were like, who the this? and they were like uh, they obviously weren't playing cover songs. They are playing like super fast. And, and I mean I guess they were punk rock you know they, yeah. were, they were dressed weird they, one of them had a shaved head one of them was wearing like a, a beanie the drummer was wearing a beanie on his head you know I'm like oh, uh, what, what the don't you get hot with that <laughs> beanie on your head yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they had these short songs and they, they'd blast through them stop for a second and blast into the next song you know and it was like oh who the fuck are these guys you know it's, yeah. it's a band from Montesano called the Melvins. I mean, weird and I always wanted to play heavier stuff. Even then I was into like, I was more into Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, uh, Motorhead, uh, British, new wave, British heavy metal. I was 14 and Black Sabbath, of course. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, and, and would have rather played with people that wanted to do heavier stuff, but pickings are slim. Yeah. (laughs) So kind of get what you can take as a 14 year old, 15 year old kid. So anyway, yeah. These guys in Melbourne, and I was like, wow, it kind of sounds like Motorhead but the remote, you know that's yeah. what they described their the early stuff is kind of what it sounds like and um you know we met them and i you know i don't know if they're too friendly or not can't remember really <laughs> remember are i mean but you know even you know seeing buzz then it's like you know you tell he was like you know wow, that guy's that guy's different yeah you know? huh. yeah um, and then we realized that once we set up and we were getting ready to play, that there wasn't a the PA system. And those guys had brought, realized it and went home and got their own PA, brought it back. Oh, wow. And then when they were gone, they took their PA with them. So uh, <laughs> our uh, our singer had just had to sing straight into the broadcast mic. Oh, and brutal. He's out of tune and it's it's distorting the mic and they just cut it off. <laughs> they cut off the Melvins a few times too. Um, there's a, a Melvins record called Mangled Demos in the and the beginning of it is kind of the audio from that, where the guy's like trying to introduce and well, yeah, we're going to hear some real wild punk Rock us. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I have one question. So, yeah.
1: About, uh, all right, so this band Go that you're, you're doing, Iron Maiden covers, are you more of a Deano or a Dickinson guy?
0: Oh, Deano. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm going tell- we to I think I think I convinced them to do... We might have done like numbers of the beast or Run the Hill or something like that. Okay, and, but there was another dude that I played with even before that. Um, this guy named Larry, and um, he was a little bit older than me, but I knew him because he had a brother the same age as me, and okay. he played guitar. and He was also friends with some of those metal church dudes as well, and and uh, we used to jam as a duo. Oh, we were, cool. we, were we were the first duo before any of the popular duos you know Uh-oh. um we always wanted a bass player but but and we occasionally had somebody but um, i guess we should have realized that we could have just done some, you know a white stripes a heavy metal white stripes they- would have been okay just, <laughs> yeah he was a wild player like he wanted to play like Randy Rhodes, but it kind of came out more like Greg Ginn trying to play like Randy Rhodes. Oh wow! So it was pretty, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So it was it was wild, and we'd actually written some original songs and and played covers like Maiden Stuff and and um, Maiden Black Sabbath. And he's the guy that knew how to tune down to D. He knew that Sabbath had tuned down to D. Uh, and when uh, you know, eventually, when um, I started playing with the Melvins, he showed Buzz that tuning. And, oh, cool! And then. In turn, you know, we, we wrote a bunch of songs in D, and then that's how the Soundgarden guys found out about it. Oh, man, look at that. So it's all the, well, Black, it's via Larry, you know, Black yeah. Sabbath D tuning via Larry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
1: Larry Sabbath tuning.
0: You know, right. But, you know, Larry, Larry had gotten in trouble, you know, um, as a kid and the cops knew who he was and, ah. and uh, some bad stuff went down where he got sent away for a while. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I remember my mom saying, oh, and I'd, I'd also seen uh, the Melvins play again. They actually opened for Metal Church, Metal Church's oh. first. Uh, comeback gig after they became a band they used to exist down in San Francisco before that but it was like their first gig as the Northwest version of the band Okay. and um, I remember seeing them there and thinking that they were pretty cool also another guy from my school named Chris Novoselic told me that he had joined the Melvins oh um, (laughs) wow and and, um, he did but he just joined them at the end of their set for uh, a version of Sunshine of Your Love oh man Um, but But Chris was a pretty popular dude in my school, so once he came out on stage, people were kind of like digging it, at least for a second. (laughs) Now, now, it's okay, Chris
1: is out, now it's cool.
0: Yeah, he was a popular kid at school. He was like the class clown.
1: So is this around the same time you started playing in in the band Fecal Matter?
0: No, 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 that would have been after. Okay. So this would have been like, I mean, so this show, I ended up joining the Melvins probably about... Four or five months off the show. And okay. um, those guys uh, uh, were looking for a drummer because the guy with the beanie on his head <laughs> wasn't working out for him. Uh, he's, our, he's our good friend and we still play with him, Mike Diller. Yeah. Uh, for whatever, you know, I think just commitment maybe more than anything. So, but whatever, you know. Anyway. Yeah. They were looking for a drummer and Chris brought them over to my house one day. And earlier in the day, my mom was telling me, and this is because like, one of the dudes I was playing with is like in prison. Yeah. And then the, the other band that I was playing with was a girl, girl singer fell apart. And uh, earlier in the day, she's like, "We got to get in a band that's going to do something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then those guys come over that day and talk to me about playing in their band. That's pretty really weird. And later she's like, I didn't even need to do it today. But <laughs> you know, the thing about the Melvins that we knew or that I knew is that those guys were playing gigs out of town. They were playing gigs in the the big metropolis of Olympia. Yeah. (laughs) And even Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. All right. And then, uh, I've been in the band ever since. I was 16.
1: So, is that like 36 years now? Yeah. Man. Being in a band that long, you obviously have an intuition with buzz at this point <laughs> 36 years you probably yeah sure does he ever surprise you with any yeah. of this stuff that he comes out or, or is it do you kind of know what to expect
0: oh music music uh, yeah. surprise me you mean you mean challenge me <laughs> yeah yeah we'll go by that surprise way. you mean challenge all the time yeah that's that's one of the funnest parts of being in the band is like you know playing this crazy music buzz doesn't really have any kind of uh formal training you know, more or less self-taught and probably had some people show him some chords and stuff like that. But yeah. I mean, he doesn't know how to read music and he's writing stuff in really odd time. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's really, it's probably best that he didn't because it probably wouldn't come out that way. And he just, he's a guy that just has never thought like normal people think. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's really why, the stuff that we write comes out the way it
1: does. Well, it's, yeah, it's one reason why the music oh. is so phenomenal. And he's, both of you guys are just so interesting to to speak with. <laughs> Thanks. So, <laughs> all right, so you play a ton of bands, either, either sporadically or uh, doing guest appearances. I mean, there's all right. So we, you know, there was the uh, demos you did with Fecal Matter. so you've got uh, Men of Porn. That was
0: also a billion years ago.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, Shrine Builder, which, which was awesome. Uh, Red Cross. How do you find time for all this stuff? I mean, because Melvin, you guys tour
0: quite a bit. Yeah, we do. I mean, Melvin takes up the majority of the time. But, um, I mean, yeah, that you know, stuff is, is pretty, pretty much part time, except for Red Cross. We got Stephen in the band. I am trying to think it have been a long time because I've been in Red Cross for at least three or four years. Yeah. So I guess probably about five years ago, something like that. Five okay. or six years ago, Steven started playing with us and um, I think we inspired him to kind of get his band going and um, they were, I mean, they, they'd, they'd kind of come back and, and made that record Researching the Blues that came oh. out in uh, 2012 and okay. it was like, wow, these guys, they had like quit playing for 10 years or whatever and they came back and made probably their best record of their career. Oh, yeah. But they couldn't. It couldn't really tour a lot because their drummer Roy had like a pretty good job. Also played in the Muffs, and also I think was starting a family. And so they didn't. They weren't able to do a lot. And Steven was in off, and, and those guys were touring. And um, actually, how we got him in the band was was I kind of filled in for their drummer on a little three week tour. And uh, wow. I've known Steve for a long time, but we kind of hit it off. And hit it off. <laughs> and so it, you know. Uh, that kind of made it to where we became interested in playing with him because he's, just you know, I always thought he was a, an amazing bass player. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And so, Melvin's were going to kind of take a little break, and Buzz and I were going to do Crystal Fairy.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: And then, so Stephen was like, oh, well, shit, well, that means, you know, I'm, I've got nothing going on. I want to do some Red Cross stuff, do a Red Cross tour, you know, because we haven't yeah. been able to tour before. And they, they, um, we had another drummer after Roy, but then I think he was having some reservations about doing a really big tour because um, he had also, I think, got a pretty steady gig, you know, Yeah. and, and uh, didn't want to leave for that long. So the Crystal Ferry thing falling apart and uh, I'd always kind of said like, hey, man, you guys need a drummer. You know, you need to fill in or anything. I'm a big fan. I yeah. really like your band a lot. Um and so Melvin's were doing like a little run up to San Francisco and on our way back, we're all talking in the van and, and Buzz was like, Get get Dale to play with you guys. You know, like, yeah, I'll do it. And so they had it was kind of on a on the eve of a tour. Well, they got a few months before the tour started, but but um uh, there were some reservations about the drummer. Uh he had some reservations and so yeah. they auditioned me. And I passed. Oh, good. Yeah. And- <laughs> been doing a ton of touring since, and uh, um, also we've we've done, yeah, Stephen and I are trying to see how many bands we can play in together. Oh, there you go. We're going for the the world record, (laughs) rhythm section world record (laughs) of bands. So, it'd be hard to beat, you know, I bet there's, you know, I mean, if you think like, uh, oh, uh, damn it, I'm blanking on the the Wrecking Crew, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Wrecking Crew, yeah. They might, yeah. So, but but I don't know if they can...
1: Well, yeah, they may not be considered official members. You have to, you can go for the official rhythm section for bands.
0: Yeah, at least, at least yes. one Multiple song. Multiple bands. Right. Yeah.
1: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Yeah.
0: Well, so and there, there is quite a few. Um,
1: well That gives me also an idea. Actually, yeah. a got a friend of mine is in a is in a, a band in in Ontario. He, he's. Put out albums since the '90s, and he wanted—he actually wanted me to ask you about the band Altamont and see if you guys had any plans of, of doing anything in the future. But uh his name's Jordan zadarosny from Band Blinker the Star. You guys—you guys should do uh be his rhythm section for. I mean, he's putting out albums all the time. So,
0: well, we are for hire.
1: <laughs> there you go, another notch on yeah. your uh, Guinness Book of World Records.
0: So yeah, Altamont. I mean. Um, uh, we haven't done anything for a while and it's only because the, the two of the guys live in San Francisco and, and, um, you know, hard to get together. Yeah. But um, Dan, who plays bass in Elthamont, plays on one of the songs on my new solo record. And Toshi was kind of in the band towards the end of, well, we're still together. Right. <laughs> Maybe we'll do shows someday. But yeah, it's uh, just the logistics make it hard, that's all. Yeah. But we're, we're all still really good friends and all that. Um, so... um yeah, I mean Toshi's all over the new solo record and obviously engineered it and did a lot of stuff. And then uh, so one of the songs actually was was uh, gonna be slated for an Altamont song that was on that's on my new record. Oh really? Which and, one? Uh, yeah. It's called Tougher. It's like oh, the first yeah. single that we put out. It's actually the only song on the record that was a co-written song, and that was uh, Toshi and and myself. Uh He wrote the music, and and I I, uh, wrote the lyrics. Oh, cool. All right, uh, so I definitely
1: have a bunch of questions about the new album, but I want to ask two more about the past before we move into the present and and the future. On the Houdini album, you guys did a Kiss cover, and uh, Going Blind,
0: so wait is that the one that they called is, is what was their tribute to themselves record
1: yeah that was that was the was one that kiss my ass yeah yeah they had like uh <laughs> shandy's addiction on there and garth brooks and a whole bunch of other interesting choices. oh right right yeah yeah
0: uh yeah they'd actually asked us to do a song and knew i can't remember i mean somehow they knew that we were fans yeah and so we, we recorded that and i went down to they were doing an autograph session yeah. in san francisco and uh, it was for the uh, Hot in the Shade record. Okay, yeah. And I went down there and gave Gene the tape, the Bust Going Blind. I'm like, Hey, I'm a drummer from the Melvins, and and uh, we did Going Blind. Um, hopefully, you guys would uh, like to use it for your for your record. Yeah. And he was really nice and like stood up and he was like, Oh, shaking my hands, and then introduced him to the other band members. This guys in the Melvins. <laughs> 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 so he, he was super nice, and then. He called me, I, and I, I missed the call, which I was a bum, But I, I and I probably still have the the tape someplace. But <laughs> it's like, hey, Dale, this is Gene, and um, you know, I checked out your tape, and man, uh, you guys really did a slow version of that song. I thought there was something, thought there was something wrong with the tape, at first, you know, you know. And I just wanted to let you know that we've got there's a, uh, all kinds of. Uh, people that have submitted stuff and you know we hope to use yours but we're not really sure you know but thank you you know he was really nice about it it was it was kind of like he could tell that they probably weren't going to use it yeah i mean (laughs) called me personally to tell me that's awesome and so yeah well then later he had heard that um i think we might have said in an interview like oh those guys didn't like something well and then uh he he saw that and he's like oh no that's not true at all you know and like he's like I, I really did like it. You know, we just had, you know, we had, we were making choices and he was going to sell the record, basically, you know? Yeah. So, but he's like, you know, I, I like you guys and I see that you guys are playing in town, opening up for Primus. How about if I come down and play Going Blind with you guys? And we're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And he did. He came down, brought his bass down and he was really nice. And he's, to this day, whenever we see him, I saw him about, uh I saw him at the Chris Cornell tribute concert that yeah. we did. Yeah. I guess now it's been almost a couple of years. Um, yeah. But even then he was there and he was super nice. He told me he loved me.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Now is the, sh- the show where we played with you guys is that the one where he's Base got locked in a dressing room. It got locked in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to kick the door down.
0: And and, and uh, they're even telling Gene like there's the, uh, there's some video of him, and you see Primus's production manager telling Gene, "Just kick the door, in. we don't know where the key is. Just go ahead." And so Gene's like, trying to "Kick the door in." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and we're we don't know what's going on, and we're on stage going because he's like, "So you know, don't make it like you know, don't announce like uh uh, Gene Simmons is coming out, I'm just going to walk out there and play. Right. Okay. And so we're standing there going, "Who the fuck's Gene? <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? And, and so finally he comes out and he walks up to the microphone and what he didn't realize is that uh, he gave our roadie his base to take care of and in the, <laughs> in the case was that the dog wants to going. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got enough of it out here? <laughs> so, our our uh, in his bass case, there was a big pack of Kiss guitar picks, Gene Simmons guitar picks. And so, he taped him to the mic stand, you know? Yeah. And Gene comes out and looks at it and he looks over at me and he's like, whose are these? I'm like, they got your name on it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, and he takes them and he starts fucking out in the audience. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh. So, man. That was they... fun. Yeah. And he complimented me on, the, I was doing Harmony on so Gone Blind, I mean when uh, when we we're doing it at a sound check he's like yeah is that you doing that <laughs> That was pretty good hey
1: <laughs> Thanks, hey man <laughs> any compliment from gene you guys ever need awesome. a
0: drummer let me know yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i heard i heard a, a story about that tell me if this is accurate or not because i have no idea but i would heard that gene had sent you the lyrics to going blind but that he got them wrong
0: that could, yeah, that might be true. <laughs> there might've been like a couple of, of words wrong. Okay. And I'm not sure, you know, who probably caught that is, um, we were friends with this guy, Bill Bartell. You know, the, the, there's a big huge connection with all of this here because Bill Bartell had put together, put out the Red Cross teen babes from Monsanto. Right oh, okay. So, so we had known Bill for, a, well, not that long at that point, but, um, we met him because he put out a Germs tribute record and got us to do a song for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. And, album. and um, yeah, yeah, the song Lexicon, Devil. Yeah. And... Going blind and it was during the Houdini sessions and Bill was there, probably just hanging out, and he I think he did the guitar solo. Okay. You know, I think I played bass. If I remember right, I played bass, Buzz played guitar, Bill did the guitar solo, and then we did vocals. Um, but yeah, I think he sent us the lyrics and I think Bartel was like, Hey wait, you're wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You also have a, a bit of an acting career. Uh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the two the two credits that I've heard of are uh an extra in the Doors movie, and a young Neil Young in the Harvest Moon video.
0: Yeah, young Neil Young and old Neil Young. Oh, well, and old Neil uh, Young, older Neil Young too. Well, no, because in that video, I'm not only young Neil Young, I'm also uh, uh old Neil. Man, oh, see, when, uh, I don't, so the video. Do you know the Harvest Moon video. Oh yeah, obviously is what you're talking about. Yes. It's a video about where when he uh, had met his wife at the time. Yeah. And it's like a flashback. Flashback to when he met her, but um uh, but starts out in in current time where they're at the uh restaurant bar where they met. Right. Him and Peggy. And they're dancing together, but yes, but then also he's playing on stage while they're dancing which is, you know, that's impossible. Right. How's he doing that? <laughs> <laughs> so if you look really closely, you'll see that I'm dancing with his wife when he's playing on stage and I'm playing with his band when he's not. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez. So you're so very that was, versatile. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> A dual role. Yeah. <laughs> that was the fun part. I mean, the other part was fun, too, because, well, I mean, just the whole thing was really surreal. Yeah. You know? Oh, uh, I bet. Because during the filming of the uh, current part, he and I are like between scenes, are like swapping clothes. <laughs> you know, okay, here's my pants. You know, like you know, uh, and then and and even like, okay, now 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 I gotta put the harmonica on. Be careful when you do, because it'll get caught in your hair. The <laughs> holder will, and then, like, oh, you fucked up, and I got it caught in my hair. And so I, Neil Young is like getting his harmonica holder out of my hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So, yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, I was a big Neil Young fan. I'm still a big Neil Young fan. Yeah. So, but it was just, yeah, it was, it was weird. But then you wrecked the I mean, car. Even, yeah, sort of. Well, I mean, fuck, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not really. Um, uh, the director was uh, Julian Temple, who had done Sex Hustles movies and, and um, yeah. uh, 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 as, uh, among other things. But the idea was that, okay, you're going to drive on the skinny country road in this giant caddy. And you're gonna go off the side of the road, and down in this ravine that goes down a little bit. You know, make sure you hit the brakes. Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> Before on? you go down there, right? And oh, and you know, you're not looking where you're going. You know, you're you're staring at at, at the girl, a beautiful girl <laughs> next to you. You know, you're so mesmerized. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> and you know, first take did it great, no problem. Second take, no problem. All right. Let's, one more, just so we got it. Make sure we got it. You know, we'll do one more tape. And right. then, oh, this jammed the rear fender into a stump. Oh. <laughs> like, stop, 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 you know? I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so then I was all freaked out because I just fucked up Neil Young's car.
1: Yeah, but now how many people can say that?
0: I, I don't know. Probably me and, and Dave, uh, Briggs? Uh, David, uh, oh no, I was going to say uh, uh, David uh, uh, Crosby.
1: <laughs> oh, well, yeah, uh, there you go. That's, that's a good point. But still, that's, probably that's, did. that's, that's an elite group right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, me and Crosby.
1: Yeah. So when did you start writing your music for your solo projects? Is that something that's been bubbling up these past 36 uh, years? Or? I mean,
0: well, it kind of came out of Altamont, you know, when I moved down to LA, we didn't, do so much. I mean, yeah. and then also just kind of opportunity to do stuff with Joyful Noise. Okay, you know, they're are into the idea of me doing a solo record. <laughs> so were you
1: writing music so, the entire time in the Melvins, or were we would always had riffs and stuff like that? Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, even even there's a couple songs on this new record that's like, oh, I've had that for a long time. Yeah, and I realized, you know, just and finally turned it into something.
1: So uh, the first album you did, Fickle Finger of Fate, is that uh, a nod to the? cab hunter vehicle from the late 60s the movie
0: oh uh, n- uh sure <laughs> no i <is> that... <laughs> no, uh uh well i and it's also a um it was a, a laughing thing but um i'd actually got it from one of the dodgers broadcasters he, he was saying it about one of the pitchers <laughs> uh, fingers that was yeah, I, he'd get a blister that was a constant problem and i just wow. thought that saying was really funny yeah <laughs> I, was I mean you know there's other, other obviously other meanings to it that i thought were pretty funny but just for whatever reason i thought that was really funny yeah so uh,
1: <laughs> when did you start singing is uh was that the uh idea from the beginning when you started writing your your own solo? singing you yeah
0: said? uh i mean yeah, sure. I mean, I, um, <laughs> but really, I started singing probably when I joined the Melvins because Buzz told me I should. Like, right. So I learned how to sing and play drums. And, you know, that was great. Not easy. I'm glad he made me do it. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> I had 36 years some, doing it. There, there, there are some things that are like, like, um, there's a couple Melbourne songs that are uh, almost impossible to sing because the drum are so tricky and yeah. it gets the vocals. You know, but you know, uh, certainly one thing I learned from Buzz is like, don't write anything you can't sing. <laughs> good <advice>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> good advice
1: that's true that's true now and on the the first solo album I, I gotta tell you the uh, the, the music and everything is so melodic i love um thunder pinky is incredible um uh, little brother that yeah little right. brother is it, such a beautiful song i absolutely love that
2: song oh, thanks.
0: I thought that one came out really good. And there's also a lot of
1: short vignettes on the album, like Horse Pills, uh, the Members Bounce, Prismo, uh,
0: all the little, uh, all the little drum haikus. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that record, the, the first thing that came out is one of the first things was all those little drum haikus on a on a crazy lathe cut record. Like a limited edition. It's hard to describe, but it's like a you know, vinyl that has like six spindle holes, right, and right then right. The, groove, the grooves are in wherever it's spindle holes so it looks weird. Right, yeah. But it, it does. And, you know, those guys are like things like that. But since there's only uh, 127 and they sold out right away, a lot of people were bummed that they missed it. So, yeah. well, why, not, why, why don't I expand and I'll add songs, song, songs, and the drum songs as well, and then everybody have it. Okay. So it.
1: That makes a lot of sense to me then. Okay.
0: Yeah. And they went for that idea. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do you approach the drums differently for the Dale Krover band than you do for the Mel <laughs> Uh, do I, Frank?
0: Hey, Frank. Frank always wants to wake out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I've seen you lick here, but. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I, well, you know, um. Yeah, because guitar is first, I guess. Okay. You, you know, I, even when I record, I learned from messing around with the four-track demo stuff a long time ago that that um, if you do guitar first, then you have something to play along to. It's a little easier. Oh. Rather than trying to memorize a song, play drums, and then add guitar to it. Uh, so that's how, when I'm doing solo stuff, usually that's how I do it, is I'll start with guitar, and then do drums, and then, you know, I, I mean, I have an idea of how I want them to sound, usually, but then I'll, I'll just go and play along with it till I get something cool oh cool something that I like sometimes it's accidental you know sometimes I can nail it in the first take and it sounds great then I'll go back and, and, and record more guitars and like the, the most recent record I would do that and then I handed it off to Steve and Donald to play bass
1: oh okay okay now have you been playing guitar this whole time in the Melvins
0: yeah oh yeah uh-huh. okay Early Melvin's gigs, the encore would be me jumping on guitar by jumping on drums and us doing like Sin City by ACDC. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Or a mentor song. Oh, whichever. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, one of the things that I liked about this is that the, your uh, guitar playing has a very Crazy Horse type of sound to it. And I, I love Crazy Horse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Neil Young. Yeah. You know? He's and, everywhere. Uh, yeah, like one of the songs on on the new record, the I Can't Help You There that was total like, yeah, it was a Neil Young sounding riff.
1: I have questions about that track. You did, that's the one you have a, a, the video for where, yep. uh, what is the, the inspiration behind that video? Cause you guys look like you're in, in <laughs> an institution.
0: Exactly. So, so We what, are. What, so what, where <laughs> well, do you I mean, get the, the influence for that? The song's sort of about being, cr- the song, okay, so the song's about having dementia and being kind of crazy and out of your mind, you know, seeing things that aren't real. So that's kind of what I wanted the video to be—you uh, uh, know, slightly inspired by uh, uh, One fellow with the Cuckoo's Nest Gotta and get that the, for cramp, sure. the, the cramps performance at the uh, Napa State Mental Hospital. Oh you yeah, can find on YouTube. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, Howard Hughes with the shoebox flippers. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> references like that, and then the creepy face masks
1: i was going to ask about know? that was that is that a nod to 2020 or was that decided on before this whole it thing went down
0: well i mean uh baseball creeps in again Kike hernandez the uh one of the dodgers players is one of the first guys i saw with with like he had a really creepy looking face mask and, and he has this like foreign mustache you know <laughs> yeah. and he, he's quite a character he's quite a character and a pretty funny guy so so i was like oh yeah we could we could make face masks with our faces on it and you know like the book all make some goofy looking face
1: yeah <laughs> sing through them which is hilarious to see the the mouth moving on the mask
0: yeah right <laughs> right so i didn't have to i didn't have to remember the lyrics if i you know, yeah if I fake it <laughs> <laughs> unlike gene simmons <laughs> so uh, Right. But, um, you know, we did it ourselves pretty much. Me, okay, like I came up with some of the ideas, uh, Toshi, Toshi and his uh, partner came up with, uh, well, she, she did the editing and filming and also put together like, like the shot storyboard order, Right, you know, did a really good job of like, okay, you know, instead of just having some like, okay, let's just shoot a bunch of random stuff. Like they, like they, so she sat down and listened to the, you know, I gave him all the ideas, you know, like you know, we're going to be wearing like hospital smocks and, and, you know, we're, yes. we're, we're crazy. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and then he just kind of thought of, of, you know, shot ideas, you know, he did and his, and his girlfriend did and, uh, um, um, Alicia and, uh, yeah, we did it ourselves and for pretty much, you know, not too much money, you know, production wise, we, uh, Bought our own costumes and masks, and, and <laughs> got some lights. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it came out good. I think it came out great. Yeah, I, I love was happy it. With it. Thanks. So,
1: the uh, I'll tell you one of my favorite tracks off the album is "Supine" is how I found him. That is such oh, a right. wild track. It sounds like you know Ben Shepherd and Phil Collins kind of got together and wrote a song.
0: Is that the, the sitar one? I think so. Yeah, In I man, think so. Man. Yeah. It's, um, that was, uh, that was, uh, um, one of the songs, so on this record, we did a similar thing with the, with the weird, uh, uh vinyl that okay. looks like it doesn't play. Yeah. And that was one of the songs on that. And originally it was just, it's me. I'm just playing an improvised solo against a, like a, a kind of a crappy organ built in drum Okay. Beat, okay. You know? We've got this thing that we've used a bunch. This little keyboard called the Discoverer. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm just playing to get that beat. that uh, uh, sitar, electric sitar. It's a Dan electro electric sitar. And I guess I don't really remember, but Toshi claims that I gave him a little bit of extra money and said to get something for the studio, <laughs> and said that we should that we should get this electric sitar. So
1: there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not, yeah. So, you know, we had to use it. And oh, yeah. she did this really weird thing. He, he's got this drum project that he's been working on for a while, Plan B. He's also had a couple things come out on Joyful Noise with that. Okay. And um, he gets the drums to trigger weird synth patches. Ah. Um, and this is kind of a similar concept when I'm playing this guitar, um, but the, the drum is opening up a gate and letting the sitar come through okay and so to me it sounds like it's talking you know yeah the drum stuff kind of sounds like that as well oh, so, that's awesome but it's, it's like yeah it's like almost like a peter frampton talk box type of thing something
1: oh that's wild yeah now you also did a really interesting cover of christmas time is here oh yeah i'll tell you what, <laughs> to make that song your own is no easy task but it definitely sounds
0: yeah different yeah, and- I mean, yeah, I was, like, at first going to try to do, like, okay, I could learn this on guitar, and it's like, I can't learn this on guitar. <laughs> I, I, I figured it out a little bit. I mean, yeah. it, you know, um, I mean, I it would have been a while to sit down and learn it, but, you know, I kind of knew the little piano bits, like an yeah. easy piano version that I learned a while ago. And so... I did that and then had to tell she play like a solo thing on top of it. And, uh, and we did the vocals and yeah, it came out pretty creepy. I like it. <laughs> and, and well, this was for, uh, this was for joyful noises, Christmas party. Okay. Okay. And, uh, they've, they've always asked me to come out and I haven't been able to come out. And obviously nobody could go this year. So they yeah. had everybody do a, a song and film it or whatever. And at first I was like, no, oh, I don't know. But you know, <laughs> then they talked me into it, and they, you know, how Could I say no? It's like, come on, we'll give you some money and we'll make this crazy record. And, hey, and you can do like, okay, sure,
1: yeah, you know? exactly. Um, Will your acting so, chops shine through?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and that's that's a uh, um, uh, that one is us. Uh, Toshi <laughs> and I have been laughing at that. There, there's a couple of uh, really funny drummer videos on YouTube, and this guy you know, like the, the drummer at the wrong gig, who's like doing like a wedding gig, but he's doing all that, you know, like, like uh, Tommy yeah. Lee yeah. throwing yeah. his sticks and stuff like that. I well, that. there's this, uh, there's this wild Korean drummer um, that you got to look up. He's got a bunch of videos and it's really funny. He like, he just steals the show constantly with like, you know, he's got the most dramatic moves with the, with his <laughs> sticks and stands up and he's got a symbol. He's got a up really high. So when he stands up, he can hit it. And, and so I'm kind of, I'm trying to imitate him. <laughs> <laughs> That's he's awesome. Really, yeah. And, well, I'm like, Toshi, you got to get him for your drum project, <laughs> you know, because Toshi's got, like, some pretty famous drummers that have done stuff. You know, yeah. you've got Dave Lombardo to do something for him, um, Matt Cameron. That's awesome. Um, Greg Bissonette, who plays with, played with David Lee Roth. And yes. also Ringo Star.
1: That's one of the first concerts uh, I ever saw was David Lee Roth. And, and Greg was... Oh, right on. It was, a, it was a triple bill. It was Extreme, Cinderella, and David Lee Roth.
0: Oh, wow. I think I might have even seen that tour. Yeah. <laughs> I remember having to sit through Cinderella for some reason. It must have been. Yeah. <laughs> so they're good. They're really funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's what they're going
1: for. But man, it's memorable now.
0: Yeah. Just over the top. Greg was telling us how, like, yeah, Dave, Dave uh, got me to, like, during my drum solo kind of like hump my drums you know just like really goofy stuff he was showing us videos and just like laughing at himself you know
1: <laughs> if anybody can do that man dave dave can make anybody do almost anything i'm sure oh yeah <laughs> all right so the the album is there anything behind the name Ratatat? tat
0: uh, no not really okay. um other than i i had the whole thing done and i was still trying to think of a record title, yeah, and um, this didn't have anything good, and that just kind of came to me. I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's like a drum fill. Yeah. You know? Makes sense. I like the artwork, too. It's kind of a dark record. Yeah. And so I thought that would, the name would make it not so dark. Okay. <laughs> Uh-oh, poor connection. No, uh, I'm still here, though. Oh, there you
1: are. Okay. <laughs> is the uh, artwork a reflection on the, the darkness of the album? Is, is there a connection?
0: I don't know. No, I think I just... Uh... You know, with, that was Mackie, and I just, I didn't yeah. give her, all I gave her were the song titles and the, and the title of the record, and she's like, do you have any ideas? Like, no, <laughs> this is your area. That's awesome. You know, I really liked what you did on the last record, and I didn't really give you much direction for that, so, well, the, you know, do what you feel. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think she heard any of it or anything like that, just had the, that information okay so, i like it I like, I like what she came up with i, I kind love of think it, it goes along with one of the songs you know? yeah
1: for sure and and um yeah. and melvin's 1983 you're going to be releasing an album pretty soon after the Ratatat officially comes out
0: yes yeah i think that comes out in february so and, uh, yeah working with god yes <laughs> yeah
1: i have a question for you about that had, obviously there's not a whole lot that's been released but when you do a cover and you change it just slightly like i fuck around
2: Round, round, fuck around i fuck around fuck around round round i fuck around i fuck around around round, round, i fuck around fuck i fuck around fuck around. Yeah, around round, round,
3: round, are getting fucking known yeah, the fuck uh-huh. do you to fucking need to alone. run that
1: past the original band or do you just record it release it and cross your fingers
0: i think no i think you can do parodies and it's fine i okay. mean people like weird al have always asked people's permission yeah but i mean i'm guessing we <laughs> i mean you know obviously brian wilson will get paid for it but oh, i mean yeah. i would think that it's pretty under the radar i mean it, we, it's released already and then we already released it on, on online you know, magazine or whatever. Yeah. I did a premiere of it, but uh, his lawyers haven't called. <laughs> okay. I've always wondered that. So you know, I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I believe that's the case, though. I mean, you can do a parody and, you know, yeah. fill the person's song. Every, every time I, I,
1: I hear something like that, I always flash back to the Weird Al uh, video where he's presenting his song to Michael Jackson and the, he's thumb is wavering between up and down so i'm always oh really yeah it's, it's some old like uh, i think it was when he oh, did michael
0: jackson's michael jackson was kind of not not so into it
1: i think so i think that was that was the idea behind part of the video because uh it, it's just it was just part of the video for i think for eat it and he's like oh okay i did a you know, I did a version of your song and here it is. And then Michael Jackson's got his thumb is wavering between going up and going down and finally uh, brings it up. So. Oh, that's good. That sticks in my head. Every, time I hear somebody doing a cover, that's you know obviously either a parody or different enough that you're like, wait, I know this song, but I don't know this version of it.
0: Yeah. You know, I think the Nirvana well, not, not off topic, but the Nirvana guys, I think might've been a little bummed about weird Al. You know, I mean, they said, okay, and stuff like that, but, but yeah. the whole uh, video was too close or whatever, but, um, which is funny because, uh, you know, Chris Milbosalich plays uh, the uh, accordion. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. And the first time I ever heard of Weird Al was through Chris doing his cover of My Bologna. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. That's, yeah, so...
1: That's a hell of a way to find out about Weird Al.
0: Funny. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, the album comes out uh, mid-January where can people find the album where can they buy it and uh, find out about what you're up to
0: well all the streaming uh, places for sure will have it Um, you know physical copies you can get through Joyful Noise or your local record store if they're open (laughs) hopefully (laughs) and gosh if we ever get to play shows again come and buy it for me there you go (laughs) (laughs) I'll even autograph it for you awesome
1: so how can people find it (laughs) is there a social media presence where they can follow you if
0: uh, tour Ring, recommences oh, yeah, yeah, again yeah. i mean uh, you can follow me on uh, instagram it's dr Krover, dr Krover, dr crover I'm, I'm official i think that's yeah. a
1: dr pepper knockoff dr. isn't it
0: uh yeah. It's yeah. not it should be <laughs> yeah
1: that's a whole nother revenue stream for you
0: it's 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 uh, dr pepper with twice the sugar it's real a- <laughs> sugar
1: <laughs> like dr pepper meets jolt cola
0: Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, there's that and then also uh, you know, there's like a Facebook that you can follow uh, okay. as well. Excellent. And Excellent. Um, yeah.
1: Thank you so much for your time and uh you spending your morning with me. I know it's uh we're on different coasts, yeah. so it's pretty early. It's getting
0: day. yeah, yeah, oh, are you uh, where are you at? I'm in Virginia. Oh, okay. How is it out there? Did you guys get snow? We
1: did. Uh, battle, uh well, I'd say a little week or so ago a little before Christmas and uh, we're supposed to get snow New Year's Day so oh wow but it's gone at this point it's still kind of cold out but uh, snow's gone yeah
0: there's some snow in the mountains here but man right now I'm, I'm, the sun is blazing I think yeah i looking you got your sunglasses on and, and uh, just a t-shirt yeah a little jealous yeah chelis. I'm going golfing man oh. <laughs> yeah so I don't mean to rub it in <laughs> no, I know like, I I mean that's the one reason why we live out in California Grover